1: hey, folks, yeah, we're back, or I'm back anyway. I actually had a, a quick trip down to New Jersey this weekend. Had to go down and see the relatives. Mama Frost was up from South Carolina. They had something going on down there I couldn't get out of. But I came back Sunday, and i tell you what. White boy Malcolm X over there, I'm the one having to suffer. Through a, through a family event, a very long family event. And this one over here, he's texting me all butthurt because now he's got to figure out what to do on a Saturday night. Has to do that because I'm not around to tell him what to do. Just sit there and look pretty, drink an Italian beer. Let's watch a movie. So I'm having to live the trauma of dealing with my extended family and he's making it all about him. Kind of like that black employee working at the White House and we had that story on on Friday's podcast. Those 10 or 12 people who got murdered in that New York grocery store and he or she or they or zeer I don't know what the pronouns are, folks. But they're down there in D.C., working at the White House in D.C., making the murder of 10 or 12 people in a grocery store in New York all about them. And white boy Malcolm X, he was basically doing some version of that. I'm the one suffering, but it's all about him. And I was like, this is what I told him, folks. Just go bang that stupid Ronald McDonald blow-up doll. Leave me the hell alone. Something like that. But I did have, based on my mini-adventure, down from Massachusetts all the way to New Jersey, I did have some random observations I thought I would share with you folks. First off, New Hampshire drivers. Now, as I've mentioned before, folks, If you drive into New Hampshire, when a New Hampshire driver is in New Hampshire, they kind of drive, not as aggressively, but they kind of drive like Connecticut drivers. Connecticut drivers, they all drive like it's a NASCAR race. If you're going 80 miles an hour in Connecticut, I don't care if you're in the far right lane, you're still going to get run over if you're not going at least 80, 85 miles an hour. Life is a NASCAR race to folks in Connecticut. So New Hampshire drivers in New Hampshire drive kind of like that, just not as severe. But when a New Hampshire driver crosses state lines, what do they all do? They get into the second to fastest lane. They love that lane, folks. I cannot tell you, how many New Hampshire drivers all pile into that lane and they drive maybe sometimes at about the speed limit if you're lucky. Most of the time, a New Hampshire driver in another state, la di da di da da nowhere to go, nowhere to be, they're going to drive maybe the speed limit. So I had to put up with that crap all the way down to New Jersey. New Hampshire drivers torturing the rest of New England. Driving around, driving like grandmothers, blocking up all the fast lanes. So they don't just torture only us here in Massachusetts. They're torturing the hell out of everyone else. So that's my first observation. My first random observation. Second random observation. Now, as I've said before, Several times now. I was born in New Jersey, but I got out of there when I was a baby. Way back when. A long time ago. For you millennial Gen Z kids out there, I think there were still a couple dinosaurs roaming about. That was in the, the very early 70s. So I got out of there. Spent a couple of years in Maryland. Then down to South Carolina where I grew up. So when I go back to South Carolina, I see people there who, you know, they were born there, raised there. They still live there. They are never going to leave there. And so when I go back and I see those folks, the people that never left, sometimes, maybe this makes me a bit of a jerk, but sometimes I think to myself, But for the grace of God, go I. And so when I go to New Jersey, see all the relatives, hang out with them for a while, all of which, born and raised in New Jersey, still live there. They're going to die there, never having left the state. Well, at least to live. But I look at them too, same thing pops in my head. But for the grace of God, go I. Now don't get me wrong, they're all lovable people. Wonderful people, but a couple of them, man, are they Jersey. And you folks know what I mean. Which brings me to my third and final random observation. I'm starting, especially after Saturday, I'll call it a A hostage situation, being trapped with my relatives for, man, it was a long ass day. But just off that alone, I'm starting to rethink heaven as a good idea. Because remember, folks, in heaven, you get to spend all of eternity with your loved ones, with your friends your family, maybe your pets. I don't know. But after spending all day with my relatives from New Jersey, I'm not quite sure I want to do that for, I guess, forever. Not that I want to go to hell. Don't get me wrong again. But spending all of eternity hanging out with those people, that could kind of maybe, sort of, be hellish for me. So if I die and I don't go anywhere, I don't know if I'm going to be butthurt about that. Not that I'll know, but if I don't go to heaven, if there's no afterlife, I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. No, I'm just playing around, mostly. No, I do love my... I do love my relatives. I even love Mama Frost. I don't know about you folks, but they're nice at a distance. Now, if there are neighborhoods in heaven and I can see them, I don't know, once every couple of centuries, eh, okay, I can put up with that. But if I have to hang out with them all day, every day, until... Until the end of time. Man, that's going to be brutal. But anyway, happy gay pride again to all you members of the tribe, our lovable Star Wars Barva tribe. Hope you're having yourselves a
2: grand
1: gay old time this month, celebrating. Just don't. Remember now, just don't celebrate on Juneteenth. That be racist. And I hate to do this, but we do have our usual public service announcement for all you whorish queens out there, and you know who you are. Remember, girls, don't you go out there and catch yourself the monkeypox. Don't you do it. Don't you do it during Pride. And speaking of pride, of course I got my virtue signaling email from Woke Starbucks. Remember folks, during AAPI Heritage Month last month, Woke Starbucks, they were not satisfied with just AAPI Heritage Month. No, not those clowns. They had to come out with happy Aa. NHPI Heritage Month. They had to toss in the the Native Hawaiians into that mix, like Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander. Like that wasn't close enough, just to keep it to the regular AAPI Heritage Month. That's not how they roll. So of course, when when Pride comes around, what does Starbucks do? They have to basically do the same thing. And here's a little something that they wrote. Put in their email, Embracing inclusivity and respect for all, this Pride Month, join our Starbucks Pride Network in recognizing and uplifting the LGBTQIA2 community through positive actions and allyship. Not as bad a... A mangling of letters, not as bad as, oh God, what's his name? Justin Trudeau. Thank you, White boy Malcolm X. Justin Trudeau, the Kendall of Western European politics. How could I forget him? But he came out with some really mangled alphabet. This isn't this isn't as bad, but the IA2 plus. Now, that does have me a little baffled. I know that I is intersex. No idea what that is. A is asexual. The laziest members of our tribe. And why are they the laziest members of our tribe? Because they will do nobody. That's kind of lazy, at least to me. So I know what the IA is. I just... I don't know what the 2 plus is. Normally they have 2S, which is two spirit. Again, no idea what that is. I don't know if they've, they got something new with the 2 plus or some blithering idiot at Starbucks forgot the S. So it should have read LGBTQIA2S plus, not just the 2 plus. I don't know. I don't really care. But again, this mangled alphabet of letters, all the fault of the lesbians. Not trying to be critical, not blaming them, but technically speaking, it is their fault. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one, now this is just So, so disrespectful to the tribe. Our lovable, oh so lovable, Star Wars bar of a tribe. How's this from National Geographic? What's the oldest tree on earth and will it survive climate change? Bristlecone pines in the western U.S. have been alive for nearly 5,000 years, but an upstart Patagonian cypress challenges that record. So here's some eco-disaster porn for you right in the middle of gay pride. Like they don't have 11 other months of the year to do that. Yes, they do, but yet they still made the choice to do it during pride, which should be, that should be reserved for gay disaster porn For stories about all the horrible bigots out there, like, for example, these monsters who refuse to recognize women with penises or pregnant men, those evil bigots in Florida and elsewhere who won't allow elementary school children to learn about gender identity and all the super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns they can choose from. Those hate mongers who, in targeting Roe v. Wade, they're really going after, what was that in The Advocate? That crappy gay disaster porn in The Advocate. That's rhetorical white boy Malcolm X. Calm down over there. What was it? And I can do it without your help, but thank you, sir. The fall of Roe v. Wade Meant the end of gay marriage, the right to bang another guy in Texas, all sorts of doom and gloom like that. You want eco disaster porn. That's fine. Just not in June. And besides, with this article, and I hate to break it to all you eco disaster diehards out there, but you know what? Trees die. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, how did I not know? You would be confused by that too. But yes, trees die. Every tree on this earth, it's going to die. Kind of like every other living thing on the planet. They're all going to die at some point. And this reminds me way back when, when I was living in Atlanta the first time, That was 93 to 97. So it happened during that window. But there was a, it was at the Atlanta Zoo and a couple of animals back to back to back. I can't remember how many. It was more than one or two. But like three or four or five animals died all within a a relatively short window. And people were getting their hair on fire about all these dead animals. You know, what are they doing at the Atlanta Zoo? Why are they killing these animals? That kind of crap. And so some poor beleaguered spokesperson for the Atlanta Zoo, someone had to come out and explain the situation. And if I'm remembering this correctly, it was, what, 25 years ago? Something like that? They basically said, every animal in this zoo is going to die at some point. It's just going to happen. They're all going to die. We take care of them as best we can. But at the end of the day, the animal grim reaper, they have a season pass. They come in when they want. They take what they want. They didn't quite say that, but that's basically the point. Every animal in the zoo is going to die. Just like every tree on the planet, at some point, dead. But as long as it makes great eco-disaster porn for some of you, help you take care of business, you have fun with that. And, oh look, even more eco-disaster porn during Pride Month. This time from Boston.com. Here's how climate change will impact the Boston area, according to a new report. We've already done a hell of a lot of damage. Of course they say that. And this report emphasizes the need to get to net zero emissions. And just for you eco-disaster porn fanatics, the ones that read these stories just for the horror show, just to go, oh my God. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. Here's the pull quote for you. Specifically, by the end of the century, under the worst circumstance, of course they're going to mention the worst circumstance. But anyway, under the worst circumstance, the area in and around Boston could see almost 10 degrees of temperature increase as compared to 2000, coupled with the potential for more than 10 feet of sea rise. Oh, no. 10 more feet of water in Boston by 2100. Well, at least they're these folks that produce the eco-disaster porn. They're getting a bit smarter, I see. No more the Al Gore, Prince Charles, of Thunberg, 8 to 10 year doom and gloom predictions. We have eight years or it's all over. None of that crap. Everyone can count down. See the deadline come and go. And then the next one come and go. Rinse, repeat, on and on and on. When you get to my age, folks, at 52, not only am I a queen, but I'm an old queen. You see enough of these you start to roll your eyes at the next one. Okay, so now we're all going to die. Okay, right, got that. This time, though, when are we in? 2022. 2022. So that's 78 years to 2100. Or 150 years, 38 years, depending on, you know, if you use woke math or not. But using old-fashioned racist math, this latest prediction, it's about 78 years away. So theoretically, the vast majority of people, old enough to read this article, read this prediction, get hysterical over it, because that's what they do, folks, here in Boston, get hysterical over all this eco-disaster porn. But the vast majority of people, they will already be dead or they're going to have a priority reservation with the Grim Reaper. Now, with this one, they don't have to worry one iota about being proven wrong, like they usually are. They can scare the living hell out of a couple generations here in 2022. And in 2100, when none of this comes true, basically none of us will be around, to roll their eyes and say, uh, wrong again. Doesn't matter, though. Even if none of us are going to be around to see it, they're still wrong. From pocket collections, how to be less judgmental, it's only human to rush to judge yourself, your family, even strangers. But understanding and challenging the habit can improve your quality of life. You know what? Screw you and the horse you rode in on. Screw you, screw the horse you rode in on. Both of you can kiss my gay, middle-aged ass. This nonsense about how to be less judgmental. Screw you. Full stop.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
1: From the Miami Herald, most workers who died of COVID in 2020 had something essential in common, study finds. And so... According to a recently published study led by a University of South Florida epidemiologist, in looking back at COVID-19 deaths in 2020, they found that most working-age Americans who died of COVID-19 during that first year, they were the so-called essential workers in labor, service, and retail jobs the ones that required on-site attendance and prolonged contact with others. And when I read this article, it reminded me of those hysterical woke brats at Apple, the ones who are severely triggered because Tim Cook is making them come back to the office like three days a week, and they only have to do that 11 months of the year, because Apple, they're still going to let them take a month off, a full month off, where they can be remote. And I say severely triggered, because Apple, you know, they are easing everyone into it slowly, starting with a day, then two, and then finally a whopping Three days a week, they have to go in there. And what is the response? That's racist to make us come back. I'm going to quit. I can't take this abuse. All sorts of hysterical, spoiled brat meltdowns because they have to show up for work at the office from time to time. And I'm sure, and I said this before, I'm sure all the Apple employees working in their retail stores, the ones that they have to go in 100% of the time, even they, I'm sure they're like, what a pack of spoiled little douchebags over at corporate. And speaking of that, spoiled little douchebags not wanting to go into the office. This millennial chick at my gym now, she comes in a couple mornings a week, and she brings this guy with her. I'm going to assume it's her trainer. They show up, and when they're working out near me, and I can't, unfortunately, I can't tune them out. Got to hear them yapping.
0: Yep, 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 yep.
1: But the two of them, they're just talking about working out. Now, they could be together, but that's a, a weird relationship if they're together. Just the way they talk to each other. That'd be weird if they were dating. And he's a twig, too. He's not Timothée Chalamet with a 10-year-old boy body. But I would say, I don't know, 14 to 15-year-old boy body. And I suspect he's in his early 30s, too. Now, folks, I have had a couple of trainers, but they actually looked Like they used the machines they were making me use. Not this one. But anyway, she was there like a week or two ago. She was there. The twig trainer was there. And she was crying and complaining about having to go into the office a couple days a week. Like an Apple employee. Oh, it's so horrible. I work so much better at home which is a lie. Whenever they say that, they're the biggest screw-offs. They're compensating by humble bragging about how much they accomplish, which is basically next to nothing. I'm sure her trainer, the Twig, I'm sure even he was like, uh, I gotta show up to work every day. Not that I touch the machines. I'm a Twig. But, you know, I don't get to set up a Zoom session like you do, Princess. When you read something like this, this article in the Miami Herald, about all the healthcare workers who had to show up for work in the clinics and hospitals to deal with COVID firsthand, all the other people who had to show up, put their lives on the line every single day just so you could have groceries, You could get all your stupid crap off Amazon. You could keep your cushy life working fully remote without any issues. You read about all the sacrifices people made. Sometimes, some of them with their very lives. And then you compare that to the hysterical, spoiled brats like those morons over at Apple Screaming racism because they have to go to an office three days a week. People out there, some of these people out there, have zero sense of shame. None. Literally none. Another example, a perfect example of it's all about me, screw you. Thank God for Elon Musk, which I know That coming out of my mouth, I know that's probably triggering all you hysterical woke clowns working over there at Woke Twitter. Him making people come back full time or he'll consider them resigned. I'm sure he's like, his thinking behind this is, this is the quickest way to keep the adults who know how to adult and thin the herd of the spoiled brats the ones who want to get paid for working in their PJs. Great job, Elon. From MSNBC, why Christian nationalism is suddenly at the forefront. As the conservative movement continues its embrace of religious extremism, media outlets are taking note. Yeah, like MSNBC, those girls over at the Washington Post, Those hysterical ninnies at the New York Times. Whatever losers are left at CNN. That's who. That's the media outlets taking note. And this was written by Jahan Jones. J-A apostrophe H-A-N. No doubt a certified woke folk. And he describes himself as a, a futurist and multimedia producer. Focused on culture and politics. No idea what a futurist woke folk is. Probably someone who masturbates to a future where whitey is in chains. Don't you give me that look, white boy Malcolm X. I know you're fake black, but don't you shoot me daggers like that. You think you're woke? I am the most woke person that I know. Seriously, though, I am being serious. Mostly serious. You don't think, sir, that the woke folk, some of these woke folk out there, those bitter racists out there, you don't think some of them out there wouldn't mind having Whitey in chains just for a little bit? Ah, that's rhetorical, sir. I don't even want to hear your answer. And here's the quick pull quote from this story it's becoming increasingly clear that the United States is under siege by, heavens no, Christian fundamentalists and traditionalists. So I guess they got bored with white supremacists hiding about, lurking in the shadows. Probably because this narrative that white supremacists, they're everywhere, out to get the BIPOC folk, It's kind of a joke. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I know these racist cracker morons. They're out there, not denying they exist. But the media narrative that's what we're talking about here the media narrative that they're basically everywhere, hiding about, lurking in the shadows, it's just absurd. So now, since I guess the gig is up, trying to convince everyone that white supremacists have basically overrun the country, now we're beating up on the Bible thumpers, going after Christian fundamentalists and traditionalists. Now, there are a a ton of Christian fundamentalists out there. So I guess the new narrative is to paint all of them as racist bigoted monsters out to, I don't know, fill-in-the-blank disaster porn. For the BIPOC folk, Christian fundamentalists, they're out to oppress them with their white supremacy, white power, white fragility, white this, white that, blah, 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 blah. Systemic racism. For members of the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe, those evil Christian fundamentalists, it's about getting rid of gay marriage, locking up frisky queens, those horny queens, locking them all up in red states. And those evil Christian fundamentalists, they're going to deny six-year-olds their right to pick a different gender and brand new, super special, pain-in-the-ass pronouns. Those evil Christian fundamentalists, they're going to get you. Okay, girls. Thanks for the warning. From Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, Tom Daly has been making a splash by doing things his own way. You want to talk about a, a media hand job? This article on Tom Daly, that spoiled cat boy, That pocket queen in a Speedo. Did you know White Boy Malcolm X? Did you know that he's 28 years old? He is. He's 28 years old. Still looks like he's 12 with that baby face. But allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, he's 28 years old. I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X. I wonder if Daddy... Daddy's going to trade him out for a younger model when he hits 30. Maybe. Oh, I can totally see that. What's his husband's name? Dustin Lance Black. He's some fancy pants Hollywood screenwriter. And if memory serves me correctly, he was early 40s and Tom was in his early 20s when those two got married. Dustin, he likes some young. Young, young, young. And Tom, he's kind of, sort of, starting to creep up into middle age. At least in the gay community. After 30, you ain't such a Twinkie boy anymore. But he'll be mid-30s in what? The blink of an eye. And at a certain point, maybe possibly... He's not going to look quite as good in that Speedo. Dustin, seeing his young Twinkie boy age before his eyes, he may want to trade him out for a younger model. And don't give me grief out there for saying that. Like that's never been done before. But this article, now I've been saying that the gay media, it's always heroes or villains. They structure their stories one of two ways. They like to present a hero or a villain. No matter the article in the gay media, I don't care what it's about. I don't care what the topic is. It's always about a hero or villain. That's it. But Tom here, with the media handjob that those girls over at Queerty gave him, I'm starting to think that there is yet another classification. Superhero. Like a hero, a gay hero on steroids. And the way they gush over Tom here, he is definitely a gay superhero. That queen, get her a cape, done. I bet you folks that Tom Daly, he is so much of a gay superhero. That he could, theoretically, Tom could, maybe possibly, he could come out and say, you know what, I'm not so sure that a woman with a penis is really a woman. And he could survive the hit that would follow. Not that I think he ever would say that. He may not be the brightest bulb in the shop, but he's not that dumb, even Goose, get worthy. As dumb as he is, bless his heart, he's an idiot. Even he, even he is not that stupid to say something like that. But if he did, talking about Tom here, not Goose. Now, for most folks, that'd be a death sentence, figuratively speaking. I don't think most gay celebrities. They could survive that backlash with their career anything but obliterated. Completely destroyed. Those woke members of the tribe are lovable Star Wars Bar of a tribe. Again, folks, the LGBTQ plus tribe. That's now run by the transgenders. They would make sure you never worked again. But Tom... Now, he definitely, he would lose superhero status. Someone come over, take that cape away. He'd get his ass bumped down a hero. He may even spend a week or two as a temporary villain. But with a quick apology, I think most of them would be like, okay, he's not perfect, but we'll forgive him. All good, Tom. That's what I think what kind of media superhero he is, that he could get away with something like that. I wouldn't test it, though, Tom. Better save that superpower for when you truly need it. And for our last story, folks, and speaking of Queens, how's this from GeoTV? Ed Sheeran closes Queens Jubilee celebrations with emotional song. British musician Ed Sheeran left royal fans in tears with his emotional song for the Queen on the final day of Jubilee celebrations. So Ed Sheeran, who I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, sir, I think he is the only ginger white boy Malcolm X would not bang. Not ever, sir. I mean, if you were stranded on a desert island with Ed Sheeran, And he decided he would plagiarize being gay again and was willing. You would turn him down. Probably not, which means a lot of Ed Sheeran sex for you. And if you don't know what I mean by him plagiarizing being gay, we had that story sometime back where Ed said that he thought he might be gay because he liked what was it, theater, Britney Spears, and pop music when he was a teenager, I can see the other two. But I had no idea, folks, that liking pop music, that could be a sign you were a big old queen. And I said at the time that it was just plagiarizing being gay. No, it was, sorry, folks, Let me correct that. I meant to say what I should have said was that I said he was plagiarizing a Hardy Game of Closet Peekaboo. And he was doing that, plagiarizing a Hardy Game of Closet Peekaboo, because he saw all these other guys getting attention for doing it, like Harry Peekaboo Styles. Peekaboo, peekaboo. Him and AJKJ Appa, That strapping stud of a ginger. And since Ed, he also wanted attention. And he's been known, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, to plagiarize here and there. He's definitely been sued for it. No, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, about it. But since Ed... He also wanted attention. I said, I suspected, he thought he'd play Closet Peekaboo, too. With that whole, I thought I might have been gay thing. But anyway, back to this story. Ed sang for the Queen, his song Perfect, which I have to admit, I have to give the guy credit. It's a good song. I like the song. I do. I even have it on my iPhone but he sang perfect to close the Platinum Jubilee pageant and, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, again, he had lots of people in tears, at least according to this story, because his rendition of that song was so moving. It might have been 50-50. Half of them might have been like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm having to watch Ed Sheeran. This is torture. This is torture. Help me. It could have been that. Now, I hate to ask this, and hopefully it's not too triggering to all you Ed Sheeran fans out there, at least the ones who are willing to admit it. But is this the best they could do for Queen Elizabeth, a millennial ginger? Like she doesn't have enough aggravation in her life right now with millennial gingers. That and a social-climbing granddaughter-in-law who is married to that dopey millennial ginger. Where the hell was Elton John? What? Diana. Oh. Thank you, white boy Malcolm X. That's right. How could I have forgotten about that? Elton John doing Diana's funeral and those two The Queen and Diana not really being BFFs, anything like that. Isn't Paul McCartney still alive? I think he's still around. I don't think they could, you know, put the Beatles back together, but he's still around at least. You got him. Paul McCartney at like a 1,000 years old, still a hell of a lot better than Ed Sheeran. You got him, you've got, Adele's another one. I think she's British. Why the hell didn't they have her sing? That woman, hell of a voice. What now, White Boy Malcolm X? What do you want, sir? Harry Styles? Really? After I just got talking about Harry Peekaboo Styles. Peekaboo, Peekaboo. White Boy Malcolm X. You cannot have a closet case queen singing for the queen. Sam Smith. Now you're just trolling me, so screw off. Like you can have Sam Smith. God knows what the super special, pain in the ass pronouns are with that one. If he's still they, them, maybe he graduated to Zizirza. Who knows? Who cares? Too much of a pain in the ass for the queen. And just for that, sir, I hope you do wind up on an island with Ed Sheeran. No, I take that back. I hope you wind up on an island with Milo Yiannopoulos. That queen, ex-queen, whatever. Stuck on an island with no ginger, not even your Ronald McDonald blow up doll, and trapped with a a raging power bottom who pretends he's all butch and straight. I am so straight. I'm a heterosexual. I want nothing to do with gay sex. Praise the Lord. Yes, princess, of course you are. So on that note, since I cannot top this, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, plagiarist ginger singing for the Queen, even if it's downright insulting to the Queen, to get him to be her closing act. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.